A week's a long time in football and two weeks is definitely too long but Celtic will finally get back to it this weekend when they take on Dundee and match day five of this season's Scottish Premiership at Celtic Park. This is Tino with the Countdown to Kickoff and I'm joined for this one by Paddy. Paddy, welcome back to the show after your break. How is things in NYC? Ah, thanks very much for having me there, Tino. Um, absolutely brilliant. Uh, really, really good trip. Uh, made even better with uh, the victory uh, over on Ibrox as well. Um, it was a... It was a good occasion that day, just uh, many a pint drank. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've given us a wee bit of chat there before we came on. So, 7am start at Jack Dempsey's, jam-packed apparently? Jam-packed. Um, I was there for about half six. Um, somehow managed to to get out the room and not disturb the wife as well, which is a, a, another added bonus, although she did come and join me for the second half, to be fair to her. Um, but it was a, a packed Jack Dempsey's. The place was rocking and the staff were absolutely brilliant as well. So uh, a brilliant brilliant day all round. Nice one. Good to hear it. Paddy, obviously uh, in your absence on the show, we've covered you know all the aftermath of the, the Rangers game and just how big the result was. But what's your own just kind of general summary of it before we kick on with the Dundee stuff? I think that it was a shock to a lot of us, including myself, that the way we came and, and really took control Um I highlighted in one of the shows before uh, going off there um, about the importance of Callum McGregor and, and you know, obviously you, you were right to ask the question, is is, is he droppable, is, is he someone we could take out the team? And my, my direct answer was no. I didn't think that, you know, that was warranted at all. I generally think it, it really needed players around him to step up and I think that Albeit it wasn't everyone that stepped up, but I definitely think a big performance from Joe Hart, a big performance um, from Alistair Johnson gave him a little bit more scope in the middle of the park. Um, and he really took the game with a scuff of the neck. I thought he was influential for the full team. Yeah, and Paddy, as you know, I, I never doubted Cal Mack for a yeah. second. I was uh, just asking the question. But yeah, at the time, yourself and Sinky were absolutely firm in your response that you just can't take him out of the Celtic side. And he proved... Or, you know, proved his worth absolutely um, just by taking things with a scruff and neck at Ibrooks. Uh, Brendan Rodgers is quoted this week though as saying it's only a big win against Rangers if we're then going to beat Dundee. So what's your initial thoughts ahead of this one tomorrow? Yeah, I think he's spot on in saying that. It keeps the team grounded. I still think there's a lot of, a lot of things we need to, to address um, and a lot of things we'll still need to get used to. I don't think it's going to be enjoyable football for the next four or five weeks until this team really settles in with each other. Um, I think tomorrow will be a a bit of a turgid affair. I think it'll be quite a, a slow, slow burner. Um, but we just need to be patient and just make sure that we can eventually break down what's going to be a stuffy Dundee team. Yeah, and you mentioned the word just, you know, kind of settling in there in terms of the team. And it's it's hard for any new team, you know, bringing in, so what's that, nine new signings we've brought in, obviously a new manager and the upheaval that that brings. But we've, we've had some some bad luck with injury and the latest is Leah Labada. You'll have seen the headlines, but three to four months out uh, with a thigh injury that he's picked up on international duty. And that's a big blow for, for everybody, for the player, absolutely, but for, for Celtic in general, isn't it? It really is. We've really just got to stop people signing new contracts, honestly. Like, uh, every single person that seems to be doing that just is, is going off injured. Um, I hope Kyogo just keeps himself fit. Uh, now, I think that it's definitely a sign that anything can happen in a season. However, this is very extraordinary what's happening at the moment um, for, for Celtic and um, I've listened to the, the show over the last couple of weeks and one of the questions that you've asked on both shows, Tino to the guys, was 
has the has the market been a strong has it been a strong transfer window for us? And actually, I would say it has been. Um, kind of taking a step back and looking at the players that we have brought in, I just think that these injuries are just making it look as if we are pretty slim. I'd say the only position that really gives me a bit of fear is the left back position. Um, I think that obviously we've seen that um, with the performances of Greg Taylor and and obviously the non-performances from from uh, Alessandro Bernabe, that that's the only position that we're light in. We're now looking at the injury to Abada and you're thinking, right, straight away, we've got Louis Palmer there that should be able to come in and do a job. That's what we're hoping for. And I think that, you know, that there is plenty of cover in the midfield, plenty of cover in the wings now. And we've got enough centre-halves as well. I, I generally think that it has been a fairly strong window. We maybe not, didn't get every player we wanted, but it's not to say that the, these guys are not going to arrive in January as well. Yeah, and I think any side no matter how well prepared you are, no matter how good a, a transfer window you have, any side's going to suffer with that amount of injuries. You look at even just the centre-half position, let alone anywhere else, then you've got Real Hattati, such an important player. Now we've got Abada and, and various others into the mix. Uh, Marco Tillio, we've, you know, we've not even seen him and he's picked up his injury. And I just think that, you know, what does Celtic do? Do we just go and buy 30 players just so that we're absolutely covered? I think there's just there's got to be a balance. And I think you might be right, it might be quite a, a turgid three, four weeks as we do try and settle in, find a bit of rhythm in the team as well because it's been so chopped change, different centre-halves every week. We might even see another change at centre-half this week. We'll, we'll get to that. And I think just if we can just bed in, continue to get the results domestically and see where we land in Europe, we should come out at, you know, all the better. Um, there's some other injury updates. So Rogers has advised that Carter Vickers still out, but should be back early October. So hopefully that's just kind of maybe three, four weeks away, something like that. Uh, Mike Navrocki, though, a bit further back, and he didn't make the, the Champions League squad, which was interesting. Nor did Tilio, uh, who's you know back in injury, but still a, a long way back. Nor did Bernabe that you mentioned. And we'll, we'll cover that in detail in the weekly show, Paddy, but some interesting omissions there. Um, but the big boost, of course, is that, that Rayo Hattati's back in contention after his calf injury. I gave the stat on the show this week, but he's only played 48 competitive minutes so far of Celtic's five games. So how much of a boost is it to have him back, Paddy? Yeah, I think they should be treated almost like a new signing. Um, a, a breath of uh, like fresh life in that midfield, um, especially going forward. I think um, I take nothing away from Matt O'Reilly. I think he's definitely been one of our strongest players at the beginning of this season, but um, the opportunities have been given to the likes of Turnbull um, and just just not been taken. Um, I think that now we see what Hatati can bring, and 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 hopefully his mind, his focus is is there and wants to wants to be here at Celtic and wants to really add uh, to this squad. I think that he he will be key for us uh, this season. Um, I also feel that this could also be the beginning of a bit of a like a bit a, a bit of basically use for Thiago home as well. Um, I, I think that there will be that that option of being able to kind of swap each other around each each game, and I think that we'll we'll see a lot more of him too. I I don't think he done himself. Sorry, I do think he done himself a, a favour with how he played um, when he came on at Ibrox, and I thought that you know he didn't look out of place at all, um, in my opinion, for the time he was on the park. And again, he's a player that with time it will start to click. He'll understand his surroundings. He'll understand who he's playing playing next to, and and I think that's what he needs to do because I think he's got everything else, in my opinion. I think that 
he will be the kind of midfielder that will definitely unlock defences. Yeah, and I think, you know, now that the national break's over and the players can finally just get back to, you know, spending time with the manager, spending time in the training pitch. And even the likes, obviously, we're away to Rotterdam on Tuesday and the likes of just going on a few trips together as well. It'll allow for a bit of bonding, won't it? Because, yeah, you look at Thiago Home as a good example. You know, young guy, 20, 21 party, something like that. Yeah. Uh, new country. And it's not just the on-field stuff that we see, isn't it? You know, there's important stuff going on behind the scenes as they settling into life in Glasgow, as they bonding with his teammates and different things. And actually... <laughs> It's easy to forget. They're all young men. These guys are all in their 20s, early 20s, and, you know, I push some are kind of later 20s, but that that's pretty young in, in the bigger picture of life. And I think it's important that they get to spend some time together and just get comfortable, you know, in what's quite a unique footballing environment here in Glasgow. And there's other new guys that we've, you know, yet to see as well. You know, we've got Paulo Bernardo, young guy coming from Portugal, um, Louis Palma, you know, I think just off a flight on Thursday night there from Honduras. So there's lots going on and just this opportunity just to settle down, reset could be really important. Paddy, I mentioned the Champions League squad and as I say, we'll all get into that in detail, but were you surprised by one or two of the omissions as I mentioned there? Bernabe and, and Mike Navrocki are two that kind of stood out for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming that with the the Bernabe option, it's maybe just bringing cover into other positions. Um, if we've lost Navrocki, through a longer-term injury. I wonder if it's just kind of closing the gap elsewhere. Um, I think... I would say I'm surprised, but then I would say I, I I don't think we should be in this position that, obviously, we're, we're up against the eight homegrown rule uh, where we need to have eight players homegrown trained in Scotland to, to be part of the squad. And if you're a, a scout network and if you're a, a chief executive or, or if you're a manager, you make sure that you've got a strong enough team to go and fill those positions. And it just doesn't seem as if that's worked out this this time round. Um, I don't know how you know professional football clubs can find themselves in that position. Having said that, though, I think the rule's a bit naff and I, I generally, I, I think it's a bit of a, a holdback because I don't see the benefit it brings to to the nations for those players coming through. I really don't. I, I think that, you know, we could maybe say that there's been at most six players from Scotland and European squads for Celtic that have been worth a starting place over the last five, six years. Yes, all right, a big, a big amount, but I'm saying that maybe those six could start, not all six would start. Um, I, I don't really see the point in the rule, to be honest. Yeah, maybe it's something that, that should be looked at. And obviously, they're, they're revamping the Champions League, as we know, and we've talked about it often enough, and that'll look different from next season. I wonder if they should take a, an opportunity just to review the homegrown player-type uh, ruling. Just on that, and very quickly before the crack on with Dundee things, but there's a lot of chat that Celtic potentially should have gone for the likes of Aaron Hickey, maybe even Lewis Ferguson, Dodge that was at Hibs. You know, these guys have all excelled in Italy primarily and obviously Hickey's come back to the, the Premier League now do you think Celtic should be paying a wee bit more attention to what's going on at home? I think so um, I think that what they, they, they face on this is it, it's obviously a bit of a risk they, they, they know that um, I also feel that I don't I don't find, find that there's many players in the Scottish League that will make the step up to what's expected here at Celtic, I don't think that we're getting a lot of that anymore. And I think that these moves abroad to the likes of Italy are really, really helping these guys kick on. It's a, a lot more of a, a relaxed atmosphere. 
they're not under the microscope the way they would be if they were playing playing with Celtic or Rangers. So I get that that's probably more an appealing route for some of these younger players as well. Um, but with the issue on that there is that then the the transfer value um, increases. So that's that's really putting us out of the game on that side as well. But I definitely think that it's uh, it's quite a, a pressure pot to come in and, and start and play for Celtic straight away. It's also, it's easy for us now to see, you know, let's look at Aaron Hickey, for example, to see him having gone to Italy and now back to Brentford, isn't it? Yeah. And you can say, well, look, look how well he's done. But maybe it's as a result of making those moves. Maybe going to Italy was the making of Aaron Hickey. Maybe that's where he stepped up, you know, matured as a young guy, got different coaching, different way of life. Same as Lewis Ferguson, same as anyone else. You know, John McGinn going down to Villa, all these kind of guys. And maybe had they just gone from their you know, their home clubs, you know, Hibs and Aberdeens and, and whatever, Hearts. Maybe if they'd gone directly from then to Celtic, they wouldn't have made the same jump. You know, maybe it's these moves that have been the making of them. So, I don't know, it's all a wee bit of, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But I think there's, you know, while this ruling is still in place, and as much as Celtic had great success in Japan and, and different markets in recent times, there's always something to be said for keeping a close eye on, on what's going on at home. Anyway, Paddy, we'll, we'll crack on with the Dundee stuff. So, in terms of the lineup, um, do you expect, you know, first of all, to see many changes to what was overall a really good performance at Ibrox, or is it a good opportunity now at home to freshen things up? Um, I, I think obviously we're, we're forced into the change with a bad I've been out. Um, I definitely think I would like to, to imagine he'll start Palmer, but then you're talking about just the journey home from that international game. I wouldn't be surprised if we see James Forrest get the nod. Uh, for tomorrow, just on on that basis, and then maybe Palmer introduced a little bit later in the game. Um, definitely think that it's not a it's not going to be a centre half pairing of skills and and Lagerby Elk uh, going forward. So I, I would I would think we will see Nat Phillips uh, come into that that centre half position, uh, probably alongside Lagerby Elk as well. Yeah, just on that, I, I was thinking that through. So, yeah, obviously just to start for the back, we know that Joe Hart will be in the sticks, but centre-half, so I thought, yeah, as we all know and, and I agree, Liam Scales was, was the main man at Ibrox that, you know, really stepped up when we needed him most. Lager Bielka less so, you know, different people praising him for, for getting through the game and I get that to a point. I thought he was shaky, Paddy. I thought he had his real moments, least of all the the incident that, that, that potentially could have been a Rangers goal, but the VAR called that one correctly. But, and I wonder now, what does Brendan Rodgers do? So you've got Nat Phillips there, good, experienced player, brought in as emergency cover. Do you bring him in and give him game time to the detriment of a Lager Bielka, who we know is going to be there for the longer term? And I wonder, you know, surely Dundee at home, you know, in, in spite of his shaky game at Ibrox, surely Dundee at home is actually a good opportunity for Lager Bielka, whether it's with skills or otherwise. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, and, and it's no offence to Liam Scales. I think we've all, already made our feelings clear about him. I think that, you know, what an incredible performance from him. It was everything on the line. But having said that, as much as it was everything on the line defensively, there still wasn't really much going forward from him. And it's just not the type of defenders that we, we use here at Celtic. Um, and what I would say on that is that I think he was a couple of injuries um, not happening away from joining Aberdeen. Um, so for me, I think you give the guy that's in the door as much game time as possible to try and build that confidence. So it would be Lagerbielke for for me tomorrow. Yeah, so Lagerbielke with Nat Phillips, yeah. I I think so. 
Yeah, and I, and I can see the rationale, and it, it might seem harsh, but as we've seen from Ange, you know, at certain times there's no room for sentimentality, and, and Brendan Rodgers, likewise, you know, he'll be really pleased for Liam Scales. I'm sure he's his attitude is spot on behind the scenes, and and he'll always have that one at Ibrox and credit to him. But he's not the future of Celtic, I think it's fair to say, and I think Brendan Rodgers needs to look beyond the sentiment and and you know make some kind of cutting decisions when it comes to it. So I, I'm of a you know. I'm inclined to agree with you. I think, you know, Lagavielka has got to play because we've signed him for the future. Dundee's just another chance for him to settle in. And Nat Phillips, you want to see what he's got. We've brought him in as emergency cover. We don't know how quickly CCV will make it back. We don't know how quickly Navarroke will make it back. And we need to think about getting guys up to speed, even as quickly as Tuesday for Feyenoord. And I think that's a good reason as any for Phillips to potentially get the nod. And at fullback, there's not really any options at left-back. You've highlighted it, Paddy. Um... Taylor pretty poor, Burnaby even worse at this moment in time. So I'd say it's Taylor um, by default. And does Alistair Johnson stay in right back? Obviously, big game for him at Ibrox as well. Yeah, I think uh, for Johnson, it's another hour under his uh, under his belt. I think that um, he's still not anywhere near match match fit. Um, maybe the two weeks for the international break has helped, um, but I would be surprised if he lasted the full ninety tomorrow. Um, and that's okay, that's fine, he's just building himself back up because I have to say the games that he's played in for the time that he has played, it, he's he's looked apart, he's looked, you know, as if he's getting there, um, but we know that he's, we're just not going to get that for the full 90 minutes just now. And I tell you, if there's one player I would definitely want in the team sheet for Tuesday night is, is Alistair Johnson. So uh, I would say we'd start tomorrow, uh, I just think he'll maybe be given a bit an hour. Yeah, and I, th- I think most fans would be okay with that. And credit to Tony Ralston, who came in, uh, you know, for Johnson at Ibrox, you know, after probably about that, probably about an hour or so, I need to double yeah. check. Um, and we know what Tony Ralston gives you, and what he certainly does is he gives you a, a real battling performance and he knows his job defensively. And he was he was crucial at Ibrox as well, so credit to Tony Ralston for that. But I think Alistair Johnson, as we know, is far and, far and away Celtic's first choice right back. And, and to get him fit and firing, certainly in time for firing all, would be important as well. Getting into the midfield, so obviously, generally speaking, this season it's been a midfield three of McGregor, O'Reilly and Turnbull, mostly uh, due to Real Hattati's injuries. I think Turnbull struggled at Ibrox, don't want to dwell on it too much, um, whereas McGregor and O'Reilly, I think both had standout performances. So what does he do? And again, maybe with Feyenoord a wee bit in mind, Paddy, what do you see him doing tomorrow? Again, I think it, it for me it would probably be likely that Turnbull might get a nod tomorrow. Um, I definitely think O'Reilly and McGregor start, that's a given. Um, but it might be Tumble gets the nod and we see Hitati coming on for half an hour to see where he's at. Um, personally, I would like to see uh, Thiago Holm get the nod. Um, or maybe Hitati on from the start and then that's the swap in the second half. Um, but I think um, just with Tumble being up to match speed, um, I think, and a little bit more use of the system than the rest, I think maybe he gets the nod for tomorrow um, with Hitati coming on uh, just to get some minutes. Um, and then we'll see if he's going to be ready for Tuesday as well. Yeah, and I think that'd be the, the most important thing that Real Hitati has important. He's, he's a big game player for Celtic and I think having him fit and available for Tuesday is the biggest thing. So whether he gets 20 minutes or 45 or whatever it might be, Looking ahead to Tuesday, I think it's really important with Hitati. Um, Thiago Holmes a player that I think he excites most of us. You know, he's he's only had you know small opportunities so far. He did get the start at Kamarnock and never quite took that difficult surface, all that kind of stuff. Celtic far from their best that day. 
Um, but you rightfully mentioned his cameo Ibrox and he came on and just showed a bit of character, didn't he? You know, we mentioned it in the show again that it'd have been easy to come on at Ibrox and, you know, maybe just play short, basic, safe passes. But he was actually willing to break the lines, take guys on, get into the final third. And he's a character, but a bit of something to show. And I, I think all of the fans probably are excited to see more of him. I think so too. And I think what you're kind of talking about there, it wasn't a... It, it wasn't the kind of performance where we we felt under pressure for 90 minutes. Granted, yes, they had their, their, their time in the second half. I think up against a bit of a makeshift back line and a makeshift team altogether, that's understandable. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's plenty of people in that dressing room or coaches likewise that have turned around to home and said, by the way, we are, we're a better team than them. Because there was an arrogance, there was a confidence about them, which I quite liked. And they just wanted to take everything on and... Uh, nearly got a, nearly scored a great goal um, by being that forward-thinking midfielder. And I think that he knows, for me personally, I think he knows that we are the, be the best team in the league. But he will know that he's one of the best midfielders in the league and he wants to show that. It's how he shows that and how he obviously is patient about that. That's where Brendan Rodgers comes in. Because um, I, I generally think he's going to be a big player for us. I really do. I think you're right. I think he's he's shown signs of that. And I think, you know, being at a club like Celtic and working with a coach like Brendan Rodgers can only bring him on and, and help with his development. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep a close eye. It's going to be exciting to see, you know, what comes of it in the next few weeks and beyond. Um, one guy that we may or may not see tomorrow, we'll, we'll not dwell on it just now, is Paolo Bernardo. Quite an exciting signing. You know, he's come in from Benfica, a guy who's actually got a wee bit of Champions League experience with them. He's been away playing with Portugal's under-21s. And he's kind of... He's almost sneaked in the, the back door of the transfer window, hasn't he? We've not heard too much about him, really. There's not been too much chat. So there's always a bit of clamour to see the new guys and, and maybe we'll get a wee glimpse at him again tomorrow. Um, Forward-wise, Paddy, you're right. We've got the enforced change, of course. So Abada, uh, Kyogo and Maeda has been the first three or the, the choice for the first three so far this season. But Abada clearly won't make it and won't be back for some time. Um, Kyogo will be the main man through the middle again. You'd expect Maeda. I was going to ask you, you've tipped James Forrest. What about Yang? So he's come in and... Done fairly well at different times, maybe a wee bit less so Ibrox, but he's also a guy that's got something to offer, hasn't he? I, I agree with that. I, I see Yang be more deployed in the left than I do in the right. Um, I think he looks a bit more comfortable out there. Um, I know he's he's predominantly played on the right since he's since he's arrived, but I, I think back to the Aberdeen game and he just looked very comfortable out in that wide wide left. Um, so it could be it could be Yang definitely. Uh, sorry, Yang, it could be him and I definitely could see Forrest getting the nod as well um, out, out of the two. Uh, I would be surprised to see Palmer get the nod tomorrow. But you, I never would be surprised? I would be, yeah. I think. Yeah. I just think that I, I think he'll probably want to bed some of these guys in ever so slightly and he's not at the time to work with them that he would probably have hoped for as well. So I think I would be asking a lot if he's just thrown right in to start tomorrow but we shall see you never know <laughs> you never know um so roger was talking he was saying that um so louis palmer's duty train today friday um but that'll be his kind of only session after the international stuff and i'm not sure how much he trained if at all you know after he signed because obviously it's a bit of a whirlwind time he was on the bench at ibrox and then before you know it you're away for international he played for honduras honduras against i think it's granada um three o'clock our time wednesday morning Scored the goal, scored his first goal for his country, apparently, 
also had an assist. So, you know, good night's work. They won 4-0. He'll be feeling good about himself. He's now coming back to, you know, his next big opportunity and, and you know, to a club like Celtic. And I suppose if you ask a player, he'd say all day long that he'll play. But the sports science guys will take a look, won't they, Paddy? And they'll say, listen, he's a bit fatigued. It's a bit too much. I would expect him to be in the bench, but I'd also very much expect to see him. I think the fans are quite excited by him. So, again, you know, whether it's him or Bernardo or Matt Phillips, you're always keen to get, get eyes on you guys. And I think we'll definitely get that with Louis Palmer. And um, just to confirm your front three then, sorry, so you, you've, you've obviously got Kyogo through the middle. And what have you gone for left and right? I'd say probably Maeda will keep the left uh, and the right. I, I, I'm between I'm between Yang and Forrest. You've got me thinking there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go for Forrest, and you said that initially. Right, um, but Yang may be coming in. There's not there's not time on this show, Paddy, but I'll always come back to it. Uh, Mikey Johnson is back doing a wee bit of training. Behind the working away diligently so you never know in the next couple of weeks we might be talking about him as a, a guy who's going to return to the fold um let's take a quick look at the opposition so dundee obviously get promoted last season but now managed by tony dockery who for a long time was Derek mccannis's number two so a lot of folk if they don't know tony dockery will recognize him just for being uh mccannis's right hand man and they'll be pretty pleased with their start to, to life back in the premiership so they've had one win two draws and a loss and currently sitting six in the table and I'm pretty sure they'd bite your hand off if you were to offer that, you know, to them at the end of the season. But how do you think they're going to approach this one at Celtic? And do we already know the answer to that? I think so, and it's not to be um, it's not to be disrespectful to to Dundee or, or teams that are likely to be down in that that bottom half. I think they will make it difficult for us tomorrow. I, I don't see them coming out with an attacking mindset. I can see them trying to sit in the way that we've seen from St Johnston. Um, the other week there and just making it really difficult slowing things down and this is where sometimes at the end of the first Rogers era he get caught out on because he, he didn't have really have much of a plan to break these kind of teams down so it'll be interesting I think these games are the making of some of the Celtic managers it can be really really boring to watch um, because you're generally watching 10 men behind the ball just trying to trying to basically keep, get out there with enough in each or even try and get the counter and, and, and steal the victory. But we should be we should be well used to it. We should, it's every season we face it. So um, I think that that's what the game plan will be. Having said that, Ross County and Aberdeen this year have came out against us a little bit, gave us some th stuff to think about. Um, so there is that side of it too, but we've just been too much at the end of the day for them. Um, but tomorrow, I just think I, I don't see them trying to do that at all. Yeah, and, and, and Brendan Rodgers was asked the, the question about you know how do you beat that defensive approach, and he said that's a challenge for Celtic, and and it's the same as what Ange said, isn't it? That's it, it's absolutely Dundee's prerogative to do that, to sit in, to to park the bus, whatever you want to call it, and it's up to Celtic to to find these solutions, and that's why you know you you, you sign these creative types as well, you know whether it's a a Louis Palmer or, or you know Maeda getting in the back with his pace, or Kyogo working his magic, or O'Reilly breaking the lines. This is Celtic's job and this is Celtic's challenge, and it'll always be the case. You know, it's just it's just how things are here in Scotland, and it's up to Celtic to to find a way through. Um, from Dundee's point of view, as I mentioned, one win, two draws, a loss. The one was against Hearts, a one 0 win just at the end of August there, and and that shows they've got something about them. I know Hearts were in the midst of European qualifiers at the time, but that's a that's a big result in itself. And what they've got at the back, Paddy, I don't know if you've kind of had much of a look, but at the, the core of their team at the, the defence, they've got Trevor Carson and goals and Ricky Lamy and Joe Shaughnessy as their centre-backs. 
And there's a lot to be said for just bringing in guys with you know genuine Scottish Premiership experience, and also just for doing the basics well. And from their point of view, you know, so far so good with that. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure uh, definitely with Lamy and and Carson, they've played with each other before. I think they've played with Shaughnessy as well. Um, it's clever signings. Um, I think he. Doherty will will definitely have a good eye on this league. He's he's been he's been involved in it quite a bit, um, and I think he's the type of manager that will have a good scope on who who would want to come and play for him as well. Uh, good Celtic man, is Tony Doherty. So uh, I seen his comments actually about Brendan Rodgers. He said he used to spies coming up against him with Aberdeen. Obviously, the amount of cup finals they reached and they they'd come up against Rodgers. Um, but then he had some really nice comments just saying is incredible to have him back in the league so um, I think tomorrow it, it, it should be a difficult game for us um, in terms of what we're going to be up against but like I say these these performances these are when the team really then start they need to learn how to click with each other and they, need, they need to learn how to play with each other and need to know how to break these kind of performances down um, because ultimately that is your bread and butter in this league yeah, it's, it's another good test, and it's it's interesting. I can't remember whose article I was reading just in the last couple of days, but such is life in Scotland. It's such a unique position to be in, where you have to prepare a team to play against Dundee at home, where you're going to face, you know, the brick wall and all that comes with it, and then you have to go to Feyenoord, you know, a team who play, you know, open, expansive, creative, attacking football, you know, in their own patch over in Rotterdam, and it's just the the contrast and approaches that Rodgers has to take, you know, it'll be all focused right now on Dundee, but the moment the whistle goes, you know, on tomorrow afternoon, five o'clock or whatever, he's then having to very quickly switch focus to a completely different game plan and it just shows how unique, you know, life at Celtic can be at times. It, it definitely does and I actually think that that kind of game plan uh, that you're talking about for finals plays into our hands a little bit as well though. I think that we've seen some sort of an attempt of that happening against us at Ibrox. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, Rangers are, are the same level. Um, what I'm saying is, is that it's the same idea, the same way they had to go for it. They had to really come out and play against us. Feyenoord will not sit in against us next Tuesday. Um, and I, I just think that there's plenty of players in that team that know how to play on the break as well, though, which is a good sign for Celtic. So, yeah, a big transition for what they're going to be up against tomorrow. Um, it'll be a different, different manner altogether on the Tuesday night. Yeah, but in different ways, of course, just two really good games to look forward to. Paddy, the time for talking is over. What's your scoreline prediction for this one against Dundee? I'll go 2-0 tomorrow. 2-0. I was going to go 2-0 myself, but I thought, you know what, we should have too much, and I've got Louis Palmer coming off the bench to get a third, so 3 right. for me. What's your, <laughs> your your quick rationale for the 2-0? What's your, your general thinking behind that? I just think that we're still kind of in that position where we're, we're still learning to play with each other, which is fine. Absolutely fine, considering the amount of injuries we've had. We've just came back off an international break um, and there's some new boys getting bedded into the team. Um, so I just think it'll be a bit of a slow burner, um, but we will create enough chances. Um, and I don't see them laying a glove on us tomorrow at all. Um, and I just think that, yeah, we, we, we will have too much, but it'll just be stuffy. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm assuming maybe a goal, goal each half. So... Yeah. And I think Brendan Rodgers and Celtic would take that just now. Three points most important. Potentially a clean sheet and just something to take you into Tuesday's game. Paddy, your final thoughts as we start to wrap this one up for today? 
yeah, it's good to have the domestic side back and obviously buzzing for, for next week with the, the Champions League as well. I think that, um, as I said, this month is September, maybe going into a little bit of October. We're asking a lot of the players, um, especially when new guys come in, just to get themselves bedded in and, and get up to speed with the system that Rogers wants to play. I still think some of our mainstays are still trying to figure that out as well. However, they will be buoyant after the result on the 3rd of September. I think that uh, training will be a good place the last two weeks. And for those players returning, they'll be getting that feel-good feel good factor coming back to that as well. So uh, it's an exciting month. Um, they're professionals, as I've always said, so they should be able to do what I'm asking of them. And I just think that will be... I, I think it'll be an exciting month for us ahead and an exciting Champions League campaign too. Yeah, agreed. I think it is. It's an exciting few weeks ahead. And it's why players come to Celtic, isn't it? You know, the domestic stuff, absolutely. It's the bread and butter. It's it's, it's vital always at Celtic to, to win the league first and foremost. But the prospect of Champions League football, and you know we've got that coming up starting on Tuesday and for the next number of weeks, it's just an exciting time in general. And agreed, they will be feeling good about themselves after that big result at Ibrox. Yeah. So with the international break finally over, Celtic now get back to business on Saturday's 3pm kickoff against Dundee. And a game which may give us our first look at some of the new boys as we aim to cement our place at the top of the table. As always, we'll be back here on the Celtic Exchange Plus after the game with the final whistle show. But in the meantime, from myself and Paddy, thanks for tuning in and enjoy the game.